0: Brian, I had a dream last night that I'd like to share with you.
1: Hit me with it, Peter.
0: Brian, I dreamed that you and I both got HWYRT tattoos, matching tattoos. Nice. Is that something you would like to do in reality?
1: I'm not inked, sir.
0: There's no ink on you?
1: No. I could be.
0: It was the logo. I
1: could envision it.
0: It was the logo like it is on our shirts. As
1: large as it is on our shirts? <laughs> yep. On, emblazoned on our backs? And
0: it was on our backs. And they had to shave mine <laughs> to get it prepped. Was that too much? Hey, how was your run
1: today? Uh, my runs have been great. Good. The weather has turned here in New England. Here it is. We had nine straight days of sunless black, and now it is glorious. But I ran through most of it. How about you? I think you're on some sort of record at this point, aren't you?
0: Well, I've done this stupid thing where I've told myself, hey, why don't you run every single day in May? Now, I'm 10 for 10. Great. I, and I actually started the last day of April. So, But I I, I can't count that because it's not a day in May. As hard as you try, April 30th is not one of the May days. Did you know that? <laughs> no, you can't make that. So you can't May shove day. that in May 1st in there. is May 1st. But here's what do you think is the one downside to running every single day?
1: You do a lot of laundry. That's for <laughs> sure. That's true. And um, I don't know. Maybe you're not. If you get a little tweaky, little crankle, you don't recover from it, or
0: a little cringy knee, cringy, yeah, little like cringy, a little cringy on the knee, and I can't rest it. But right. of course I can. And you know, what are you running? What kind of miles are you putting in? Well, on that's these the runs? that's the joke. I'm only doing three or fours. Uh, usually my sweet spot for this kind of frequency is about 3.5 to 4.5, depending on how much time I have in my day. Yeah, but that's that's great. That is good. No, it's good. It's just different for me because, as you know, yeah. since the fall, I've sort of I pedaled back the miles. I've already done more mileage in May, and we're only in the middle of the second week of May. Uh, I've done more miles now than I did in the month of January total or the month of February. or the, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm Well, just, congratulations.
0: Well, I guess that's good. But what my point is I'm Let being m-
1: foolhardy. Are you? I, I might be. You know... Haruki Murakami was pulling out the one hour a day. That was six days a week.
0: Yeah, and he takes one day off, yeah.
1: That was his training
0: plan, basically year-round. Well, as we're going to hear in a little bit, because we do have a very special guest today, Dr. Rebecca Breslow. Wait, what's her title? She's a doctor, a Um, medical doctor. A a a true medical doctor? She is Dr. Rebecca Breslow. And she'll be here, and she'll actually say, I think at one point, maybe... Mm Listen to your body and don't do, uh, don't do too much. But before we get that's there, wisdom. There's some, that's some deep wisdom. And we've heard that from Wesley Finnemore too. We sure have. Listen to your body. Listen to your body. Now, before we get there, I would like to, if I may, just quickly go over the events of this past weekend. Just quickly.
1: It's your show, Peter. Go ahead and say whatever well, you want. Well,
0: it's funny you say it like that, Brian. Really? Because I was at a social event mm-hmm. for one of us that
1: <laughs> wasn't me. Well, it was my birthday last weekend. Happy no. birthday. Thank you. Um, You look finally as old as you you look good. It's taken two months. It's taken two months, but now we're the same age again See, it's amazing that you got to the I'm older thing.
0: Thanks and wiser and heavier Well, I like to think of me. I like to think of no don't do it Clyde army. I like to think of myself as thicker (laughs) I don't know what that means at all Tell me your story, Peter. People it's a quick story. To hear it. No, it's a quick story. I met a lot of lovely people, people who I've seen at past parties or events. Mm-hmm. Um, uh that you and your wife may throw, that I may or may not be invited to, that I may just show up at. And I've
1: noticed... Always well You're always
0: welcome. And I've noticed how uh, you have a high caliber of friends, and they're all very generous and kind. Well, if any
1: of them listen to the show, they'd be glad to hear that.
0: Well, they're all lovely, but the one theme I noticed throughout the evening was (laughs) that they would say to me, Oh, hi, you're Peter. Oh, yeah, I know you. You're on Brian's podcast. (laughs) And it was funny, like, the first time. But, like, the third or fourth time, I was like, I don't understand anything that's happening. And I didn't realize I was a guest on my own show. So that's amazing. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. Thank- Brian, thank you for having me.
1: You're very welcome. I'm so glad you're here, Peter, that our, our, normal, our normal guest host wasn't able to make it in, Peter. Thanks for filling in. I just wanted to share that with you. You know, I've been reaching out to Charles Coralt almost every day. Our interns have been paging him. And he w- he won't answer the pages or <laughs> or the semaphore. He's on the open road. Oh, he's out on the road. He's out
0: on the road. Highway doesn't... to
1: highway to heaven.
0: I don't know what voice I'm doing. <laughs> it's much
1: more Sean Connery than not. It is, i love it though. And it's a little bane. I, I love. I love that Charles Caralth has become a regular on the show. Uh I don't. So I'd like to retire that. Well, I'm so happy to um, have Dr. Rebecca Breslow on the show today, and and I can't wait to get to that interview.
0: Wait, I gotta have a sip of my uh, the last of the Sean Gold coffee. Hold on. Oh, hey Sean Gold. Hey Sean, super fan Mm. Sean Gold. That's good, delish. That was. I've gone black. I've gone. I'm I'm away from milk now. I'm back to just dark roast, no filter.
1: Do you want the true story of why I drink black coffee? I would like that. Okay, so I was about 16 years old, and uh, I had coffee in a diner with uh, my father and a colleague of his who suggested, I, I was tired for whatever reason, they said, have a cup of coffee. I said, uh, okay, I guess I'll have it. This is your first time having yeah. coffee? and it was fine. I, I think I put a little milk and, and sugar in it to, to get down the bitterness, and it didn't really have any of the desired effects, but uh, eventually it did start a habit. Now, not much later, and I was drinking, you know, one cup of coffee in the morning. And I was talking with my grandmother, and she said, Well, you know, you should always drink coffee black. I said, Why? <laughs> she said, Well, you know, during the Depression, we didn't have sugar or milk. Right. And if you acquire a taste for coffee with sugar and milk in it, and another Depression comes, you won't enjoy yourself. You won't enjoy your coffee. So you better prepare for that now. True story? That's an absolutely true story, well, she's and for right. some reason, my 16-year-old self put, imprinted Just that, took that in, way deep in the brain. That's pretty good, though. Is it really? Well, I think we've it. been through a major <laughs> recession, and you know what? I never wanted for milk or sugar, and neither did Dunkin' Donuts or any other establishment that sells coffee.
0: You know what I've noticed? I
1: was never taking ketchup and putting it in hot water and calling it tomato soup. It never got to I that. I didn't point. do that. No. You know what I've noticed? Because uh, I've through the years, and I've
0: only been a coffee drinker, I would say, 20 years, give or take. I've gone through Jags when I originally started where it had to be. Very sweet, very creamy. It started with like Frappuccinos. That's actually how... The 800-calorie coffee? That's how it started when I was like 25. But then it switched quickly to just milk and sugar and a cup of coffee. Now, for about 15 years, I've been just completely black. Yeah. Nothing in it. But then occasionally I have an iced coffee. i got to throw the milk in it. Sure. And I think that's because I call that a different beverage. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, if I do have an iced coffee on a hot day, I throw a lot of sugar in it and kind of make it like sweet tea almost. I try not to do any sugar. Yeah. Peter, you know all this talk about super sweet coffee and milk and and beverages that are really just like dessert? Yes. Well, it reminds me that listener Mike Harlack has suggested a new... Segment for us. Ooh. Yeah. Now, let me tell you this. It is summertime, and as I crank up the miles, there is something else that I crank up. Your tum tum? I crank up a need for ice cream. Oh, oh Now, this is a surprise. Lots of people eat ice cream, especially in New England, the most ice cream consumptionistic place in the world. None of that's true. It is, actually. Do you have a sweet tooth? No, I don't have a sweet tooth at all, but I love ice cream in the summertime ice cream cones the old old old-fashioned throw it on an ice cream cone and uh, the kids love it of course and any opportunity we get we go out and get ice cream and as you know here in massachusetts if you order a small ice cream it's about a half a gallon yeah you never
0: need more than a small
1: no that's so true the the scoops are so large they're obscene but that's great now normally if you look at a diet you say well i i that, that's not something that could fit in there. There's no way I'm running enough to burn those calories. But all that be darned,
0: Peter. You, you I'm going to have anyway. my ice cream. You're going to do it anyway.
1: And it's, and and I'm going to fool myself into saying, "Oh, well, I'll put some more miles in tomorrow." Right. Right. So, do you have a similar story about? a meal or a type of food that you will ingest. You know, I'm thinking of a particular time no. when you and I were out to dinner <laughs> together like at, not, at right? a place called the Chateau. We didn't really, that didn't happen. Which, despite its uh, highfalutin name, is really uh, a dive bar amongst dive bars.
0: It's so great, but, uh, but the yeah. food
1: is great, and you had a meal, it was the day before you, <laughs> you dedicated yourself to running a marathon, and I think this may have been a tipping point, Peter.
0: It was the event... It was the catalyst. It was the thing that pushed me so far into the dark side that I had to reclaim the light and come back. And it was a deep fried cheeseburger.
1: (laughs) Literally. It was
0: literally deep fried with so many things on it and and a buttery bun and all that. And it sounded like, oh, that sounds crazy. I'm going to do it. And then I ate the whole thing with onion rings.
1: (laughs) So everything, fried everything.
0: Yeah, and my heart was sweating when I was finished. And I, I remember the next day waking up, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, pull out the
1: 16-week calendar and let's go." Let's go. And that was the first this day can't I, I had again. Know, It had to. I had to. So, Peter, you know what we're calling this segment?
0: I, I don't and this understand. This is a segment
1: that's going to be about the foods you eat because you're running or that you feel that you, you cheat on your diet or whatever your food plan is because you're running, or super healthy foods that you <laughs> think are gonna help you because you run, anything about food related to the exercise you're doing. Or your misunderstanding of food and but what it does do. Often, often, we're calling this Strap on the Feed Bag. Strap on your feedback. bag, come and get it. So what do you think of that new segment? Um, Yes. Yeah, I, I there's a lot so. of material there, folks. Write in and let us know what you're. Doing. Yeah, that's that's
0: what I would want. I want I want people who listen to say, well, here's a uh, here's a food I abuse. <laughs> you know, I took a pizza and folded it like a taco and used it to scoop up the nachos. Yeah, I think I've been there. I've used a pizza as a shovel before.
1: Strap on your feet bag. Come and
0: get it. I'll take a piece of pizza. Yeah, cold from like three days ago, four days ago. Yeah. And if I'm ha- if I happen to be having spaghetti or something with a pot of sauce. I will take, go with me, I take a ladle and I grab some hot tomato sauce for pasta and I lay it on top of the cold pizza because it reanimates the pizza. Oh
1: my God. It does, it
0: gets the cheese kind of soft and squishy. So you're going basically pizza with cheese with extra new sauce, but the new sauce is the life force that's reanimating the the zombie pizza. I call it zombie pizza. Oh
1: boy. Peter, you know, uh, like my coffee, I need my pizza. I'm a little weird like this. Piping hot. If I'm not burning the skin off the top of my mouth, I'm not satisfied that this pizza is edible.
0: I have noticed that you have a high temperature threshold
1: in your mouthscape. <laughs> yeah, you like your coffee asbestos, extra hot. Yeah. I've
0: seen you reheat hot coffee, coffee. with a blowtorch. <laughs> and you're like, it's still not hot enough.
1: Yeah, I want to take small sips and enjoy it for a very long time.
0: I want to see your new segment. And I want to raise you a second new segment. Okay. Call. You know what's amazing is Dr. Rebecca Breslow is out in the lobby just like, can we get to this?
1: I have a job. She's a real doctor. And like we're just making her wait. This is the best. Yeah, p- patients are sitting in the waiting room because of us. We hear what's wrong with the healthcare system. She's got some system. guy with a torn Achilles <laughs> waiting on a table somewhere. Oh, it's not going to heal anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, so so so. you got plenty of time. <laughs> He's got time. So real quick. on it.
0: My idea for a segment is I would like to hear from people and your stories in the future Mm -hmm. about when you behave badly while running or bad things happen to you while running. Where um, at first I thought, well, we'll do like a nature attacks thing because that happens. Sure, But then I thought, well, there's also things like I do, like you've seen me like try to like run into a bus. Yeah. I've literally yeah, tried, to, no I've tried to. I've to beat the bus yeah.
1: or yeah. light
0: So I or would like circles. to call this segment "Running with Scissors." <laughs> running with scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the idea that you're modeling very bad behavior in okay. some way while running. Okay. So, and the reason why I thought about this was the other day I was just uh, running by my house and. Um, it's that time of year. It's spring. There's a lot of waterfowl out and about, and they've all mm-hmm. repopulated the planet right. with more of them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: particularly the Canadian geese. Yeah. Now, I'm not stupid, Brian. Right. I don't want to get in the middle of a nature documentary. I don't care. I Go enjoy your life, don't, don't birds. Don't
1: separate the goslings from the geese. I
0: don't want to do it. So I keep a wide berth.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm talking like good 8, 10 yards. Did you notice I didn't get a Clyde Army joke in there when you said wide berth? That was a softball, and I just let it go right past into the catcher's uh, mitt. You're welcome. So I'm running uh,
0: down near this river path, and there's plenty of uh, wildlife and whatnot, and we have a deal. I'm running. You and the geese? Yeah, they're eating their grass. I'm running. It's, it's fine. I don't mess with them. They don't mess with me. We're all mutually respectful. It's wonderful. But not last week. Last week. <laughs> yeah. And it was, now, part of it's my problem. I went kind of late in the day. It wasn't my pattern. So maybe these are the geese I'm not used to. Maybe these are like the later day, early night geese, as opposed to the- Second m- shift. Yeah, early morning geese, which seem to be quieter and whatever. So here, I'm running past, and I see the mom and the three or four goslings. Ryan, was Ryan them. there? Ryan was, was right there, and they're all yellow and fuzzy. They're they're brand new. They're not, they haven't even gotten their colors yet. You know, sure. They're just, boom. And I'm, okay, do your thing. I'm way over here by this tree, and from behind this tree, I see the dad. Uh-oh. And he didn't like me no. or anything that I was wearing in my hat or my sunglasses. I, I think it was the sunglasses. I right. think they don't like the sunglasses.
1: Mm-hmm. You look and, like a demon.
0: But you know how like sometimes you'll go by and they'll just like f- flap the wing out and mm-hmm. maybe hiss. Mm-hmm. He didn't do any of that. He f- took off. He flew. He what? flapped up, went high, Yeah. did a cross angle, cut across my face, <laughs> right? Uh, wings Holy right man. up here. And his mouth... Yeah. Bright, bright pink tongue, just pointed right at my eyeball. (laughs) Here
1: you go! Here you go! Making noise. I mean, if he could, yeah, he was yelling. Oh yeah, yeah, he was really yelling. That's terrifying because Canadian geese are Canada geese are huge. Is it Canada geese? It is Canada geese. Yeah.
0: Is it Canada dry or Canadian dry? It's Canadian club, but it's Canada dry. That's true. And it's Canada geese. Anyway, that's my idea. Running with scissors. Just when bad things happen or when you do bad things while running. So it's, it's a two-wayer. I love it. <laughs> running with scissors. <laughs> Great. So send in your thoughts, people. I don't think anyone will do that. But they might. Because I bet you things happen to people. Things happen. I don't want really sad things, though. I can't handle that. Well. Well, we, we, you know what? I shouldn't, I shouldn't limit it. Send in what you got. They can be sad, I guess. We can't keep the doctor waiting any longer. A real medical doctor, Dr. Rebecca Breslow. Well, welcome, Rebecca. Thank Dr. You. Rebecca breslow Brian is with us. Welcome. Dr. Rebecca, tell us a little bit about yourself professionally first, because that's always okay. fascinating.
2: All right. So I actually have a fairly diverse background professionally. I'm an internist. Um, I'm also trained in allergy and immunology, and I practiced as an allergist Mm -hmm. for a number of years. And I'm also a personal trainer and a running coach. Um, And a couple years ago, I opened up a small training studio in Brookline for runners called Run Strong Studio. And so I've been doing that for the past couple of years and um, I'm wrapping up with that and we'll be starting a sports medicine fellowship at Boston Children's Hospital this summer. Dr. Rebecca, I have
1: a very serious question about that, all of that. Which is, so apparently your days are like 50 hours long. (laughs) Because mine are only 24, and if I can get in a three-mile run at the end of my day, it's a good day. So how do you fit all
0: She's uh, also uh, apparently three or four different people, I think. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's right. right,
2: (laughs) I can't decide. (laughs) I keep feeling the need to reinvent myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of just run whenever I can. You Mm -hmm. know, I feel like I need to be... I don't really have a specific time that I always run. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like whenever there's an opportunity in the day. Mm -hmm. I, I have a dog so I kind of multitask okay. I take That'll him with it. me yeah. and mm-hmm. so it tires him out it tires me mm-hmm. out do you I run
1: in the dark of- a lot
2: sometimes i have to run yeah. really early in the morning and it's mm-hmm. dark yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah do you and headlamp? i have fall a <laughs> yeah. headlamp or no i
2: don't i probably oh, no. should i on the streets where i run in brookline i have a route a very early morning route yeah. where there are street lights yep. so yep. i actually don't need to run a headlamp with a headlamp although no. i really like to run on trails which i can't do obviously right. very like early in the morning because right. or with
1: a dog i've run trails with my dogs and um there's a lot of things that they're very interested in yes, on the trails. that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> when you do Unless it, you can take them off leash. I was gonna say, when you do that, are they on leash? Yeah, I can't put my dogs off leash because they'll go. Yeah.
2: Mine yeah. is off leash. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a black lab mm-hmm. and he's pretty good so he's about good, coming yeah. back to me. Right. Yeah. So he'll let's give him you know, a name. What's he, his name? His name is Monty. Mm-hmm. Monty the dog. He's of my course. most consistent training partner. Nice. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, but he will run about twice the distance that I do when we run together because he goes ahead. And yeah. he comes back. They're always running laterally. The side. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Has he
0: qualified for Boston? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: His long, his his uh, distance personal best is about ten miles. Yeah. I haven't really taken. I bet him bet it's a strong that. I bet that dog yeah. is, strong,
1: it will yeah. be a, an ultra runner. So. Well,
2: he's quite. He's a sprinter. Okay. He's an incredible yeah. sprinter.
0: Wow. So. yeah.
1: Well, dogs have that sweating problem because you know they don't do it. Yeah. So we can run much further than yeah. they can. Yeah, that's right. Longer distance. So I, I'll ask you. We'll get right up. Uh, front with the medical questions, which is how are runners as patients? We're always talking about running injuries and all of this kind of stuff. Is there something you see commonly or something? I don't know if advice would be the right word. But yeah,
2: is so in women, mm-hmm. a lot of women, particularly women who've had kids, yeah. have either hip or knee issues. Okay. So sure, I find yeah. that's really common. For men, the most common things I'm seeing are Achilles yep. and calf problems and hamstring. Okay. And that seems to be the way it kind that's of That's interesting, sorts so out.
1: so muscle and ligaments for men and sort of uh, joints for women. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's,
2: yeah, yeah, um, and I think you know Peter
1: with my sore hip and knees. Does that mean I may be a woman?
2: <laughs> uh, all I know is my
1: calves are tight, so I'm right where I should be. I've never been through childbirth. <laughs> You're <though>. fine. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it sort of runs the gamut as to how people respond mm-hmm. to the advice that you give them. Well, the
1: worst thing a runner ever wants to hear from a medical professional is, you need to stop running, exactly. even if it's for three weeks. Exactly, <laughs> that's that's very true. It's
2: pretty tough to get people to stop running. And yeah. I think there's a lot of bitterness on the part of runners mm-hmm. and maybe reluctance to right. seek out medical help of because course. people don't want to be told to rest. Right. I, I actually find that, People typically don't need as much rest as mm-hmm. a lot of medical professionals will right. say, particularly people who run a lot. So mm-hmm. I kind of find that it's kind of counterintuitive, but the more you run, yeah. the more you can actually absorb these little aches and pains sure. that come up. Right. So, mm. you know, if I have someone, I've had a really good fortune to work mm-hmm. with a number of the sub-elite runners mm-hmm. um, on the BAA, mm-hmm. the Boston Athletic oh, Association. Peter, su-
1: sub-elite means about 400 levels yeah, above I, us. The, yeah. I, can't, okay. <laughs> I can't. I'm embarrassed I'd, right now. <laughs> I don't know where we've, we stand. I've seen them. Yeah. They
0: were the ones finishing the 5K before I even crossed the starting <laughs> yeah, line. Yeah,
2: they can run 5K yeah. in about yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I
1: saw them yeah. do it. It was They're, phenomenal. Their bib colors phenomenal. are always different than ours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. it's just the yellow. The oh, those are
1: those guys over there. Yes,
2: exactly. But, you you know those folks can tolerate a lot yeah. and so rest for them might just mean easy running no speed work right whereas for right. A, you know a weekend warrior or someone mm-hmm. who's running you know something like between 20 and 30 mm-hmm. miles a week injuries mean well you have to find some sort of cross training right. or yeah. you have to actually rest. what do you
0: see as um, I'm thinking mostly men but I shouldn't because I'm only I'm biased toward what I'm doing. But when an injury comes up or a rest is needed or a change of exercise is needed, what do you see someone in their 30s or 40s or even their 50s switching over to?
2: Well, I'll tell you my favorite is aqua running. It's not always so um, practical for people because you have to have access to a deep water pool. Mm. Yeah. but there are different forms of aqua mm-hmm. running that work different muscles in your legs and you can involve your upper body yeah, mm-hmm. um, as well. And it's great cardiovascular mm-hmm. cross training. Mm-hmm. So 10 minutes of aqua running is about equal to one mile of okay. land running, mm-hmm. but it's very low impact. In fact, there's no impact at right. all. Yeah, yeah. And so that I often will tell people to give that a try if they can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of high school pools have dive Wells that okay. you can, you need deep water. You need water where you can't stand. touch the bottom. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And you oh, can't wait a hog. minute. So, so this is different than if you're running, sort of chest deep in the water. So no, you got to be uh, fully supporting
0: yourself, like uh, in like floating. Like you got to, yeah, be exactly. Bobbing, and some people
2: will wear flotation belts. Yeah. Others can do it without a belt. It just and it's kind of just depends. going through
1: the motion of running? Yeah,
2: exactly. It's a running motion. Wow. And, and you can go forward and backward, mm-hmm. which is helpful because, you you know, obviously it's a, really difficult to run backward on land. Mm-hmm. But in water, it's pretty easy to yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. Or you can do, there's a good form called long stride cross country where right. you have oh. kind of straight arms and legs. Mm-hmm. You can buy these special gloves that mm-hmm. you wear in the water, which provide a little bit of extra resistance so that your are upper body mm-hmm. gets involved oh too um, so it's a really great cross-training workout and it's you know relatively accessible there are underwater treadmills right. that you know people well, or alter yeah. g's Net, or those like sort of things but those aren't really accessible to most
1: you know there's this thing called swimming yeah <laughs> i actually i thin? think
2: swimming is great too yeah. and in fact
1: but you do was, it horizontally as opposed to vertically you do <laughs> right, but it's right. it's
2: really amazing so a couple of years ago, I had a knee injury and mm-hmm. I had about a month where I couldn't run. And the woman who coaches me is, mm-hmm. she is a former competitive runner, but she's now competing in um, swimming. And so she mm-hmm. coaches swimmers too. So I said, okay, well, if I can't run, let me, let me try to learn right. to, to swim the first few weeks, I couldn't even make it one length of the pool, which is, you know, 25 meters. And I thought to myself, how could this possibly be? I Mm -hmm. can run 50 miles in a week, but I cannot even swim 50 yards. Mm -hmm. Completely different (laughs) challenge. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so so I think, you know, it's it's good to, if you're injured, if you want to tackle something like swimming, you will be very humbled. Be be
1: careful, though, because as Tom Holland, one of our favorite uh, running – author says that uh he's met many many accidental triathletes because they get injured running and they start swimming and then look out
2: yeah Yeah. (laughs) because you're going to take
1: on a whole nother challenge exactly i I
0: asked my original question because most people i've met who are a little bit older than me who have totally switched from running the the default sport tends to be cycling which i am not interested in other than when we go and do spin class just Mm -hmm. as a cross training thing the idea of I don't know, the outdoor cycling thing. I'm sure it's wonderful, but it just it seems too big a life change for me. I
1: like recreational bicycling. I used to do um, mountain biking, Yeah, um, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah. But I, I, I prefer to deal with trails than cars. I'm yes. really That's frightened of cars. I, I used to ride through Harvard Square and down Mass Ave. Uh, to work, I commuted on my bicycle for a year or so, yeah. and boy, that is um, scary. very scary. I
2: completely agree, yeah. And, and dangerous, I mean, dangerous, it is dangerous. Especially, you know, in Boston, people mm-hmm. yeah. aren't always so conscious of a yeah, biking of them. And six them. months
1: of the year, it's miserable because it's cold and snowy, right. although people say the same thing about running here all winter long, and we do it, so, yeah. you know, yeah. you do no. what you like. Tell us a little bit about um, the Run Strong Studio
0: here in Brookline. Where did that come from? Where did you decide to do that?
2: So one of the reasons why I did that was, so I have three children, and Mm -hmm. uh, my two youngest children are twins, and I really didn't get interested in running competitively until after I had my kids. Mm -hmm. And I just found, especially after the twin pregnancy, that I, you know, in trying to get back into running, and trying to run at a certain level, I was just coming up against injury after Mm -hmm. injury. You know, it was frustrating, but I also found it kind of challenging. It challenged my mind, too, because I thought, you know, I'm a young, healthy person. Mm -hmm. I love to run, I should be able to run. Why am I coming up against all of these injuries? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in the running community, you can't help but, you know, have passionate conversations with people about how many injuries they've had over yeah. the years so you know it just I just started to get really interested in you know what can I do to prevent my own mm-hmm. injuries and how can I share that knowledge with other people who, want to be able to run and i you know i and i i hate it when people say i can't run anymore because of my knees right. or yeah. you know i used to run but now i can anymore mm-hmm. it's so hard on your body because mm-hmm. actually um i mean there is impact but yeah. i don't think running's any harder on your body than many other sports or pursuits. no my knees
1: have never felt better since than when i started increasing my mileage yeah. actually because yeah. it makes you stronger in in absolutely. other places absolutely there's a lot of muscle soreness Right. And I think but that's people don't like, than... don't like that either. Right. Right.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, you know, initially I was just kind of training people on the mm-hmm. side. I didn't have a physical location and... um you know, I went through USA track and field coaching mm-hmm. education, and I became a personal trainer as well. Um, and then I got a number of other certifications, which helped me evaluate people's movement and give them corrective strategies sure. and that kind of thing. And then I started to pick up some steam. And at the time, I was working at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Mm-hmm. And the more I learned about it, the more I was working with people, the more I became interested in that. And so I left my job at Brigham and mm-hmm. Women's, and I decided to open up a Physical location. Wow, that is bold. Um, it, yeah, it was. <laughs> it is, <it's laughs> I have a very um, saintly husband who yeah. was cool <laughs> with that, and so I opened up the studio, and it's been a really interesting experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something that's ending now. I'm turning it over to. Um, I have a couple of colleagues who came on board mm-hmm. and were working out of the space as well, and so I'm turning it, the space over to one of them oh, who's wow, not going to continue it as a running studio, but he's going to continue it as a personal training studio you know it's been a a really valuable experience just in terms of being aware i mean i think um it will really affect how i function as a sports medicine doctor having Mm -hmm. worked in the trenches um you know seeing things from the trainer coach side as well as from the physician
1: side so did this have two angles was it injury recovery
2: yeah, well, it was less injury, injury prevention. It was really injury prevention okay. because at the studio, I actually wasn't treating
1: patients. Okay. So I wasn't, it wasn't treating injuries. At all.
2: Although a lot of what I have done with people is very mm-hmm. similar to physical therapy, mm-hmm. um, but it was really aimed at being preventative. And mm-hmm. so definitely, um, you know, I did a lot with trying to correct people's movement imbalances, mm-hmm. but I think there's also a lot of mindset that plays into running injuries Mm -hmm. so also working with people on managing expectations Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of think about running and acclimating to running in a similar way to I think of how I think about medicine actually Mm -hmm. Um, so as an allergist we used to do a procedure called desensitization Mm -hmm. which is we had people who were allergic to medication we would make them tolerant to the medication by giving them little tiny doses of the medication until they could work up to their full dose and i kind of use that principle Mm -hmm. a little bit in my approach to how i get people back to running. So one of my favorite things to do that I would do a lot in my studio is I would have someone who'd had an injury, who was trying to get back into Mm -hmm. running, who was maybe encountering a lot of stumbling blocks. And I would figure out with them, well, what's the dose of running that you can tolerate and work them up until I had them running, you know, four or five times a week, 30 minutes continuously. Mm -hmm. And once you're there, then you can kind of, go, go but from it's there really yeah it's tough to those get. little doses
1: yeah yep. exactly Brian well, That means
0: my whole life I've been allergic to running and what happened exactly. was <laughs> two years ago I started to go through trials that's right and I built up you're like at the end of your allergy level. shots yeah and then that's that's why I could do the marathon one time. One time you're a completionist of the Before marathon. Before my full-blown allergic reaction. I went into anaphylaxis right after the marathon. <laughs>
2: Did you? I, I still
0: that. recovering. Yeah, they handed yeah. me my medal and an EpiPen and it was all good. No, no, of course not. But that's that is an amazing connection. That's I think that is right on. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's um, you know, once you are running a certain number of miles a week and you're training for a longer race, that's how those long runs work. You're really only totally. adding on You know five to ten percent each week and it's because you couldn't you you probably could you could probably jump from 12 to 18 miles one week but then you'd be trashed for two or three weeks it's not the way to do it exactly so in that experience is there something you know one thing or or an exercise or something not to do that you would prescribe to runners to sort of prevent injury
2: Yeah, I mean, again, I think mindset is Mm -hmm. probably the number one thing. So I think what I would tell people is to think about their running in a sort of long-term, broad way and mm-hmm. not just focus on the day-to-day yep. stuff the because no particular run is gonna make or break you as a wow, runner. So people so get so- It's so hard to a- keep it in it mind it is, Especially when get, you
1: have a race coming up, it's exactly. so hard to keep that in mind.
2: Exactly, people get so attached to
0: the I feel that way about schedule. every run, every single right. run I go, I say, this is either gonna make me or it's gonna <laughs> make me. I honestly, I go through yeah. all of that, yeah. even on a three- Three miler, I'll be like, this is the one where I'm gonna go faster than I've ever gone before. Or it's this one, this is the last one.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing too. <laughs>
0: it is sometimes I
1: feel that, that happened that way. to me just yesterday. The first mile and a half, I said that we were, the podcast is over. We're going to have to call yeah, Doctor Rebecca, and, this is and done. we're not going to do the interview because I'm done with running. And then by mile four, I was um, you know breaking records. So. Well,
2: I'm glad that that happened <laughs> instead of the other. <laughs> but you're saying there's
1: no reason to bring that
0: mental baggage to it,
2: right? And you know, I think the other thing too is just recognizing that if you're having pain on a run, mm-hmm. you know, I think the knee jerk response for a lot of runners is to be angry or to feel like your body's letting Mm -hmm. you down but just thinking you know this is my body telling me that it's too much stimulus you know like yeah yeah, and and so just acknowledging that being okay with stopping and Mm -hmm. walking home or i mean i've walked away from races i've told my coach i can't do this workout i have you know my mm-hmm. calves bothering me or mm-hmm. whatever and that's okay it's yep. not gonna you're, it's not gonna slow you down in the long term mm-hmm. it's kind of um consistency is really really key for mm-hmm. success in running and mm-hmm. i think when you're dealing with a lot of injuries, you want that instant gratification of yeah. being healthy. Right. And right. you know, in order to sort of negotiate that very fine line between pushing your limits mm-hmm. and getting yeah. injured, you have to be okay, you have to really listen to your body, and you have yeah. to be okay with backing off when you need to. And that's
0: where discipline comes in, and experience, too. Like, right. you gotta be able to say, all right, no. And I'm okay with that, and I'm, I'm gonna go home and be all right with that, and it, tomorrow I'll try exactly. again. Yeah. Or in two days, I will, depending on what the uh, feeling is. Well,
1: I think that's part of the hard part because, um, especially high distance runners or you know people who put on in a lot of miles, a lot of it is pushing through pain. That's yes. what you're doing. That's part of the point. And and even for twenty to thirty mile a week runners, you're still doing that. It it hurts at some point. At least you're dealing with muscle soreness yes. and pushing through. And then when to know internally, it's hard. What is that calculation? You know right. when when is this. I really should walk now. And sometimes it just happens. Sometimes I say, I'm pushing through, I'm pushing through, and I get to a point, and my body just, I just start walking. It's not even a decision. Yeah. And then, you know, you walk for one minute, and then you feel fine.
2: Yeah, it it is really hard. And I think you're right. It takes experience to be able to decide... You know what pain you can push mm-hmm. through and what what you can't. But um, you know, I think runners can push through an extraordinary amount of pain. Right. Most yeah. of us right. can, and it's kind of like, well, just because you can doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you should. Mean yeah. you should. Yeah. And that's really hard for people to.
1: Doctor Rebecca, I have to say, th- three kids, multiple careers in in medicine, running a store. You, you look like you're 25 years old. So oh, I don't know thank when. You. <laughs> How <laughs> You fit all this in, but what is next? What's next for you?
2: You know, I think one of the reasons why I'm excited to come on the show mm-hmm. is that I've been working with the town of Brookline mm-hmm. and with an organization called the Brookline Extended Day Advisory Council, which is an organization that links all of the K through eight after school mm-hmm. programs.
1: Now, Brooklyn, Brookline has a unique after school. A uh, community, right? This is pretty unique in the country, actually. It does. Yes, it was one it of is. the first. I know this only because, in all
0: transparency, I used to be involved in that back yeah. when my son was in the after-school programs. So yeah, of the uh, eight K through eight schools, each one of them has their own extended day program. And they were the first in the country, actually, at one of the schools, uh, over I think over 40 years ago now. So the big thing is they're not funded by the schools. They're sort of right. affiliated in the sense that they're a partnership with the school, but they're all uh, paid by parents, by working. It was designed for working well, parents. Uh, that's who needs it. That's right. who of needs course. it the most. And tell us more about what was happening currently.
2: We decided to work with the town and mm-hmm. organize a one-mile road race, All right. so that is happening on June 12th in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of a large street fair in Brookline okay. Village called the Village Fair, so the race is called the Village Fair Road Mile. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of purposes behind the race. Um, Organizing a one-mile road race is something that I've wanted to do in Brookline for a really long time, even independently of Mm -hmm. extended day, because... I really like the idea of something that parents and children can train for together, mm-hmm. do together. That's great. Um, you know, I think getting people excited about it in the community, going for group runs together, mm-hmm. just, you know, doing things to promote a culture of health and fitness, Absolutely. and I think something like a road race, mm-hmm. and especially something like a mile, which has so much versatility, right? Mm-hmm. So. New runners can run a mile because it's not that long of a distance. Mm -hmm. It's something you could even take walk breaks Mm -hmm. and you could still make it in a reasonable amount of time. So it's very accessible for newer runners, younger people. For more experienced runners, the mile can be an incredibly challenging distance. In Mm -hmm. fact, it's my favorite distance, but it can be very painful if you're really going for it. So it can offer a challenge to more advanced runners. Um, and so I was really interested for a long time in bringing a mile race to Brookline. There aren't that many timed road miles mm-hmm. around. There's lots of 5Ks. Yeah, uh, and so you're
1: going kind of to draw in probably people who are looking for a professionally timed mile as well. So you're going to have we, yeah, I mean, local families and, and all ages and generations walk, walk, run a mile or however you're going to do it. And then people who are... want to
2: run a fast mile yeah Yeah, exactly you know one major purpose of the race was to have kind of a health and fitness initiative and actually it's exciting because um the american running association um, I contacted them and told them about the event, and mm-hmm. they were really enthusiastic and supportive of the event. And so they named the event one of their National Run a Mile Days oh, events. Oh, that's great! That's fantastic! And so, wow. um, you know, their mission is really to get kids excited about running. They go into different elementary schools and they help. Um, PE teachers Mm -hmm. organize races so they were super excited to hear about our event and they donated lots of things like t-shirts and posters and this is the
1: inaugural Brookline Village One Mile
2: yes it is it's the inaugural village fair road mile how can people
0: sign up if they are dying to do this one mile
2: so um the website is uh dot Brookline Mile Race dot com, so you can.
0: We'll um, put that in the show notes as well for people to click on. Brian, the www by the way stands for World Wide Web. I don't know if you know that.
1: Oh, I thought I had just detected a slight stutter in Dr. Rebecca's uh, cadence. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So tell
0: me this: uh, the proceeds will go to scholarships. Is that right? Yeah.
2: So the other purpose of the race Mm -hmm. is um, to raise money for tuition assistance yes. for uh, for uh, either low-income or at-risk children to attend extended, extended day, day programs. Yeah, so we are lucky enough that we had a lot of neighborhood businesses sponsor mm-hmm. the race, so all proceeds from the race can be donated to That's this terrific. cause. And um, you know, it's it, Brookline has more socioeconomic diversity mm-hmm. than you might think. Yes. So um, there are actually a number of children that benefit from this tuition assistance. And you know there's really a ripple effect because, mm-hmm. you, know. Th- Letting, enabling these kids to go to, to enroll in the programs really enhances the experience not only for those kids, but also for the other kids in the program and for the community in general. So we really see it as, you know. What I like about it is it's kids helping other kids. That's of course,
1: it's so it's so important, and just to climb on the high horse for a minute. I mean, only a generation ago, I guess we're still arguing whether or not kindergarten is necessary. You know, and having extended day at the end of the day for working parents, and you know, so many households have two working parents, and. Yes. and It's particularly important K through
0: four. um, There's anecdotal evidence to say K through eight. It's vital, and the one of the best things that drew me to the program originally, despite having my son by by need be in it, um, was the idea that oh, they're going to be in the same building all day long, and so you know where they are, and there's there's a community sense, there's a safety sense.
2: It's, it's really a special and unique program, yeah. so, um, you know, I'm really excited that something that's close to my heart, mm-hmm. which is running, it's wonderful, yeah. can be used to benefit something that's helped my family so much and many other families. Well, HWYRT
0: so. will be there in some shape or form. Oh, that's great. Still Fabulous. still working that That would be great. We're still working that out, but we're going to make sure everyone can uh, check out that race. Well, I hope you have a great event. It's going to be we great. We wish you great weather for that day. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Rebecca, before we let you go, are you running Boston next year?
2: I think I have to. (laughs) I recently ran. The Providence Marathon. I'm not a marathon runner usually, but I did it and I ran a qualifying time. So I think I've got. You should just
0: threw that out there. Qualifying. Peter, didn't you qualify? Yeah, I qualified in the sense that I could tie my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I uh, no, I I was on a charity team for Boston Children's Hospital, and uh, I was honored to be a part of their team. And I'll be running for them also in New York this later uh, in in November. I'll be running the New York Marathon, Brian. Will you? I will be. Thank you. Thank you for the fanfare. (laughs)
1: We are going to be running the uh, most populated, most watched marathon in the country. Well, I'll be, watching, I'll be running one, the least populated, and yes. not watched. Which Brian, one are you running? I'm running something called the Millinocket Marathon, okay. which okay. is in northern Maine in December. Oh. Uh, yeah. So That's everyone's okay. reaction. Everybody, that's the you, appropriate reaction. If you could
0: reaction. see Dr. Rebecca's face change yeah. completely <laughs> to one of
1: astonishment. But it's, uh, it's also a fundraiser for, for a town in northern Maine that needs the help. And, uh, Dr.
0: Rebecca, will you come with us to do the live remote in Millinocket, Maine?
2: Absolutely. Maybe I'll need to use my um, newfound medical skills.
0: <laughs> Most likely, Well, yes. <laughs> actually,
1: you might. I, I'm not sure how much support's going to be there, so we might take as much volunteer support That's as we right. can.
0: Dr. Rebecca, can we keep you on speed dial for any medical-related Because as you know, I don't Absolutely. know uh, Absolutely. if you're familiar care. with the show, but Brian and I are not medical doctors. No. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see you in the ER. All right. <laughs> when we're, I will, I will when we're wheeled in. The medical right. tent. The medical tent. That's right. Thank you so much for stopping by. Okay.
2: Thanks again.
1: You know, Peter, just when I thought I was on top of my game, I realized uh, I'm playing the children's version of the game and Dr. Rebecca Breslow is the champion of the adult version. Did you hear she just decided to go do a marathon down in Rhode Island? Yeah bangs it out. She's not typically a long runner. Now she's qualified for Boston next year. That's sort of what I meant. Was she treating patients as she was running? Because I don't know how she fits it all in. She ran to the store, opened it up, (laughs) got the people set up
0: for the day there, literally ran all the way to Rhode Island, Mm -hmm. hopped in the marathon, did a qualifying time, came back, and I think she's doing some stuff on Etsy now. (laughs) Because she's a million different people. It's tremendous. I hope we have her back.
1: So you and Dr. Rebecca live in the same town, right?
0: Yeah, and I didn't realize we live probably fairly close, like in the same region of town, which Mm -hmm. makes me think now uh, there's a really good bet. For the last two years, I've probably seen her out and about uh, running with her dog or something and just not known who she was. Of course, yeah. And then it occurred to me also... That she probably spied me on my runs and was like, "Yeah, there's a guy I'm probably going to have to give CPR to at some point."
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. That's part of the Hippocratic Oath, isn't it? Yeah, you got to <laughs> out on the road. You got to do what you got to do because you're a doctor. <laughs> hey. hey, this has been episode 29 of How was your run today with Peter Villa and Brian Gould? Music by Jeff Cronenberg. Anna Brooks is our social media guru. Andrea Bonnygold is our artist in residence. And thank you to today's guest, Dr. Rebecca Breslow. Listeners, please contribute to the show with your questions and comments. For email and social media links, go to our website, howwasyourruntoday.com. Get this podcast every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you collect podcasts. Peter keeps them in a kitchen drawer with his scissors. But whenever you visit that special podcast place, please give us a rating and a comment. Every single one of those makes a difference in how this little here show is ranked. And if you love HWYRT, please share our posts on social media. It's free and it's easier than qualifying for the Boston Marathon while treating patients. Yeah, for
0: more information, go to www.brooklinemilerace.com. brooklinemilerace.com. Hey, Peter. Yes, Brian.
1: Have a good run today.
0: I will do my darndest to avoid the wings of angry geese.
1: It's another day in May. It's time to go for a run. Why are
0: there 31 days in May?
1: (laughs) Well. Why did I do that?